Welcome to the Rebel Heart Coaching Podcast, where BSN registered nurse, integrative health practitioner, and board certified life coach Samantha Shatek teaches you how to go beyond managing your circumstances and start intentionally creating a life you love using her proven strategies. There you are, you lovely human. Welcome to your listening experience today. It is so amazing and gorgeous here right now. I just want to say I love the sweet energy of spring that's building right now. And it's just so expansive and fresh and creative. And everything is just finely bursting and colorful and blooming. And it's just so inspiring. It's so alive with possibility and creativity. And I'm just so jazzed. I especially love those trees that are blossoming right now. And I think some of the blossoms are really pinkish purple. There's a light pink and more of a violet. And then there's a white. And I'm not sure what trees they are, but all I know is that I'm really enjoying the hikes and walks with my dog and partner in nature and just smelling all of the sweet and fragrant smells from all of those flowers blooming. And my favorite scent, which is the scent of blooming lilacs, is only going to be available starting now and only for another two or three weeks. So I'm really cherishing this time because lilacs have such a short lifespan, but they're so beautiful and potent. And they remind me of my childhood because we had a lilac bush in the corner of our yard. So I'm loving this time. And I bet you are too. In the episode today, I want to talk about the difference between capacity and capability. And I want to talk about some ways that we can start to honor our capacity and where we're at in any given moment, but yet also build our capacity at the same time. It's this idea that what I have the capacity for at any given moment and what I'm capable of will often be two different things. So I may be capable of something and have ability But the question is, is it in alignment for me? And am I willing to contribute my precious resources, which is time, money, energy, presence on this? One aspect of capacity, it relates to this state of our nervous system at any given time. And it relates to our ability to be able to maintain more of a regulated calm state in our nervous system. Now, there's a lot of factors that contribute to the state of our nervous system. I mean, whether we are able to regulate or get easily dysregulated, and it's included but not limited to some of these factors. Our early childhood programming, which is basically our beliefs that were programmed, that has a profound effect. The amount of sleep we need to get each night and the amount of sleep we do get each night. Our lifestyle habits, such as how much we exercise or if we meditate or do breath work, and also the circumstances of our lives that are both within our control, but also outside of our control, such as the number of kids we have, or if we don't have kids, where we live geographically, the amount of hours we work or commute or whether we're working or not. 
our social network and status, as well as our connections or lack thereof, the food we eat or don't eat, our thoughts and mindsets, as well as our level of awareness at any given time. And of course, stressors, both internal and external, as well as trauma, our health status, and also just environments we live in and work in, etc. And this is not an inclusive list. But the point is, is that our nervous system is a ongoing work in progress. And it changes from moment to moment, day to day, week to week. And our capacity also, though, besides the state of our nervous system, our capacity can also relate to the love and the self-awareness that we have cultivated and that we have towards ourself or not. So as we build our awareness and we awaken to truths about our lives and ourselves and about the world, we might start creating healthier boundaries for ourselves to keep us safe and to help us keep in better alignment with our most important inner values and beliefs and also to conserve our precious energy and our focus so that we're spending time, energy, and presence on things that we really want to be doing. However, this might mean having less capacity to tolerate things, people, or situations that no longer serve us or support us in the way that we like or that we need or that we prefer. And so the things that we used to put up with or maybe commit to might now seem exhausting, unappealing, or maybe even out of alignment. So even though we might be completely capable, our willingness and our capacity has changed. And so capacity can also relate to our ability to observe and be with ourselves and our bodily sensations, otherwise known as feelings. With trauma, for example, many times people really don't feel at home or safe in their bodies. So the tendency is often, not always, to attempt to try to escape either through substances and various addictions, such as overworking, porn, sex, overeating, drinking or overdrinking, drugs, binging on Netflix, doom scrolling, online stress shopping, overexercising. And in regards, by the way, to all of these activities I just listed, the key is being able to discern whether or not it's an addiction or something that you are buffering with. You can ask yourself this question, are you participating or using this activity or substance as a distraction? Are you trying to escape feelings or sensations in your physical body or in your life? Or are you procrastinating or avoiding something? And so it all comes down really to the intention that's driving the activity. It comes down to that core why and the thoughts that you're telling yourself. So for example, if I've had a really productive day of work and really done all the things that I've wanted to do, not just in a productive capacity, but also for myself and for my self-care and maybe for my fun or my enjoyment, if all of those needs are met and I sit down and watch two episodes on Netflix, that has a different energy than if I turn on Netflix knowing that I have to write that paper that I'm avoiding. Or if I really 
am avoiding a conversation or a thought about something that's bothering me. And instead of addressing it, you're going to binge Netflix to try to distract. So a lot of things can be perceived by the way as positive. Like for example, we value, we tend to value in this culture, uh, working and productivity, but we can overwork as a part of a distraction mechanism that we have or protective mechanism in order to not have to face something or face our feelings or face a situation. Also, one other note about capacity is some people do escape not only through substances and various addictions, they also can escape through disassociation. And if you're a disassociated, you might feel disconnected from yourself and the world around you. And you also might kind of feel detached from your body or feel as though the world around you feels unreal in those moments. And this can happen to everyone and all of us disassociate to some degree. And it really happens at any time that we might have periods of intense stress or trauma, or even if we're sleep deprived or tired, it can happen to us. And also people that use drugs like cannabis or other drugs can cause this. But also it is a normal way of coping. It's the body's response during traumatic events to try to keep us safe from feeling pain. So in a way, this mechanism of disassociation is really adaptive. And, you know, we all have times where we're not completely present or we might feel spacey or thinking about something else. But when we're chronically disassociated, we're not present for our life or in our bodies. And if we have traumatic events, it might exacerbate the intensity and frequency of the disassociation that we're having. And this affects our capacity. So what we do is as adults, or even as young children, as we're learning to cultivate more safety, both in our lives and in our bodies, our willingness and ability to be able to inhabit our bodies expand. And then we are better able to be present to observe the sensations and the feelings inside of our bodies. Now, we take that for granted, but to actually sit and observe feelings and sensations, especially the ones that are really painful or uncomfortable in our bodies, I think that we're not taught how to do that. And we're not very good at that. Even if we don't disassociate frequently, or if we don't have a lot of trauma, I think that there's subtle ways that we get so busy with life and distracted that we really don't take the time to tune in unless our bodies are screaming at us in the form of extreme pain. And then it gets our attention. But I'm suggesting that we can tune into our bodies before it gets to that point. And you know, our bodies being the incredible miracles that they are, they will process our sensations for us and help us heal. So then we can create more capacity to allow any feeling or sensation that arises just be there because we trust ourselves and our body's ability to heal and process the sensations for us. And then we realize that tuning into sensations, it might be uncomfortable, but it's not as bad as we think. We realize, okay, we can do this. We're not going to die. 
And that although it's super uncomfortable, maybe a little painful, that it's really temporary and it's ever changing and nuanced. So what happens is we also then, our lives begin to shift because we can begin to say yes to more opportunities that feel really good and in alignment for us because there isn't anything that we're afraid to do because we're not afraid to feel. So we know from experience that after we've been doing this, that really, in the end, the worst thing that can happen to us is having a hard feeling that might feel horrible for a while, but will ultimately be temporary. And I want to talk about one thing that we can do to start to build capacity today is the first thing is understanding intellectually that our feelings are actually also known as bodily sensations. So when we say feeling, we might have an emotion associated with that, but it's associated with a sensation in our body. And we have this in the form of vibrations that pass through us. And as I've mentioned in another episode, any one sensation or feeling in our body only lasts about 90 seconds biologically. So we have a feeling or a sensation, we tune into it, we let it pass, it'll last 90 seconds or less. The reason that we feel like certain feelings go on and on and on is that because we keep activating our thoughts about a sensation or feeling over and over, and then it will be perpetuated longer. But to me, it's super comforting and reassuring to know that if I have the courage to feel and be with any sensation as hard as it might be for at least 90 seconds, I know I can do that. And I think you can do that too. And therefore, that gives us permission and confidence to know that I can do anything. I can go anywhere. I can be anyone. I can experience or handle anything if I know that I have my own back and I can handle literally any sensation. The more willing and able we are to hold our focus or attention, which is to say that is our consciousness, but if we can hold our focus and attention on or inside our bodies with our felt sense and we can just feel in and acknowledge and observe our sensations, the more capacity we build. We can start with very short periods of time and we can also start with, for example, one small area of the body rather than your whole body so you don't get overwhelmed. So even if you're just tuning in on purpose for 15 to 30 seconds to start, and let's say to your shoulder, or a place that you're feeling that has pain, if that's too uncomfortable to start with a painful place, you can start with a a small area on your body that feels good, like let's say your left hand or your left forearm, right? So you can start with small increments of time, in small body parts. And then what we're doing is we're training slowly our focus and awareness to be able to tolerate that sensation and to get used to doing that. And then we can increase the amount of time that we're present. We can also slowly increase the area inside your body in which we're paying attention to. 
But if you're a person who is already comfortable with being present in your body and with your sensations, you can start to set aside chunks of time, either daily or weekly, and you can start to pay attention to your body and its sensations. And even if you feel experienced in this realm, you can always build more capacity. It's really never ending. And it's an ongoing process and relationship between you and your physical body and your consciousness. And you know, it's a challenge sometimes to allow and be in an ongoing conversation, both with our capacity as well as our capability. And it can be tough to be able to consider both at the same time. But I feel like it's essential as a part of our normal health and growth. So prioritizing what we have the capacity to be, to do, to see, to feel, to commit to is challenging because there are pressures of life that we all feel, and that's to varying degrees. And we have our internal worries and fears and and dreams. And, you know, we usually end up making the decisions in life with a certain level of emotional charge, and that's okay. But sometimes we might lean, for example, too far in either direction where we are either underestimating or overestimating our abilities or our capacity. But then what happens is we inevitably end up learning more about ourselves from that experience. And hopefully we remember it for the next time that that comes up. And we put that in our toolkit, in our toolbox to remember as the wisdom that we've gained along the way. And I will say both capacity and capability have their own lessons and their own wisdom in their own time. And it's an ongoing journey. But the question is, how do you go about having conversations with both, if at all? Maybe this isn't something you've considered, or maybe you're doing it already, but you never considered that this is what was happening, that you were both having a dialogue with capacity and capability. And also, how do you know what your capacity is? What is your way to gauge that? Is it to tune into your body? Is it a gut feeling? Do you do a pros and cons list? What is your way? Just checking in with you right now, like if someone wants you to do something or something's coming up, what filter and what questions do you ask yourself, if any, to figure out Are you capable and do you have the capacity? And I just want to speak for a moment too to the idea of people pleasing, which I know a lot of us in this society have that as a mechanism that we operate by. And when we don't have appropriate boundaries and we are a people pleaser, we're going to probably have been in denial or have cut off our awareness in regards to our capacity. So that might be a journey for you too, to start dialoguing with your capacity and get really honest about what that is for you and not what other people need or demand or expect, but what your capacity is in any given moment. Another thing that came up for me and a question we can ask is how can we take both of these qualities and weave them throughout each season of our life? And how do we find balance with our capability and our capacity? And sometimes 
we're not going to find perfect balance, but it's an ever-changing process and it's always unfolding just like everything in life. So sometimes finding your way is the journey. So here's an example. I might be competent and capable, for example, of changing a tire, but if a good friend asks me to help them and it's my only day off that week and I've planned on attending to and nurturing myself and I have a lot of self-care activities that are going to bring me joy and be really restorative for me and for my health and my well-being and I've worked this long exhausting week of work I might not have the capacity that particular day and even though I might have a value where I value my friend and I value helping others in need I may decide that I don't want to sacrifice my day off to do this. If the person who tuned in in this situation only to their capability, but not to their capacity, may or may not end up helping the friend, but then they might end up more depleted and they might be resentful because they didn't do what they wanted to do and they didn't consult with or honor or acknowledge their capacity in that moment they only considered their capability. So being able to consider both is a sign of growth and love. I want to now break down capacity a little bit further. So there are four essential elements involved in building our capacity. In order to elevate yourself holistically, it requires, I think, growing our capacity in each of these areas. And this might not happen all at once. This happens at different stages in our life and they kind of weave in and out from each other. But the first area is spiritual capacity. In other words, who are you and what do you want most? If you can't articulate your core values, it would be really useful. And I would encourage you to take time to reflect on when you are fulfilled and when you struggle and write the words down, write down what are your most important core values at this time in your life, because our values change. So just take a minute to write down and acknowledge like, what are your highest values? Because if you're aware of your highest values, those are the things that are going to drive your deep why and drive your action and results. And you can be more in alignment with those when you're making your decisions. So the first is spiritual capacity. The second of the four is intellectual capacity. And this is your ability to think and learn, plan ahead of time and execute. And this is, for example, your ability to think about your future self and use your frontal lobe, which has the executive function and all of this ability to learn and create. And it's utilizing that to the fullest what that could look like is maybe this week you decide that you need more time in order to take care of yourself and set yourself up for success for the day. So maybe that looks like waking up 15 minutes earlier this week and dedicating time to something that you have been wanting to do or that you know will fill you up. Maybe that's meditation or a little reading or journaling. But even with 15 minutes, that's a little bit of time that you could easily commit to and it would make a big difference. So just building that intellectual capacity to plan and think and use that frontal lobe of your brain 
that makes us so human to really tap into our capacity. And that's the second one. Our third area of capacity is physical. And this is our health and our physical performance. And it has to do with what I mentioned before, like, are you getting enough sleep for you? And how much sleep do you need? And are you eating the right foods? Or are you eating foods that inflame you and that you're allergic to? Your physical capacity could be something like starting to commit to sleeping eight hours every night and really sticking to that and seeing how you feel. Maybe you don't need eight hours. Maybe seven is okay for you. But really starting to build your physical capacity to deal with the stressors in life. And, you know, we live in this physical body, so we have to take care of it. How do you do that? What can you commit to, to increase your physical capacity? Maybe it's deep breathing. Maybe it's breath work. Whatever that is, it's an important component. And then the fourth one is emotional capacity. And this is I think when most people refer to capacity, this is what we think of is how are we reacting to stressful or challenging situations and the quality of our relationships. So this has to do again with our nervous system and all those factors I listed. I would like to encourage you to make a list of five of the most positive relationships in your life and commit to spending more time with each of these people, whether that can be online or in person, preferably in person, because you know how I've said this a million times and this saying is out there. We are the sum of the five people we spend the most time with. And so just consider how can we build our nervous system, the quality of our relationships, our social connections. Maybe you want to join a meetup group. Maybe you want to start a meetup group. How can you become more connected? And you know, a benefit of building capacity is that it has the potential to really impact your friends, your family, and those you love, or those that you may lead, or those people that look up to you. But also, it could really profoundly affect even an interaction that you might have at a grocery store with a stranger. And so, In building your own capacity, how might that influence those around you in a way that's subtle and profound like a ripple in a pond, just by leading by example? And as you build your own capacity, you will likely inspire others to do the same, which is really cool. Not even by doing anything other than being yourself. I recently have been asking myself some questions and I'm going to share them with you and I want to encourage you to reflect on these same questions. This is what it has looked like for me in asking myself about the capacity or my capability in different situations. So here's some questions to consider. In this moment, what do I feel I'm capable of? Now remember, Capability is your ability, your knowledge, your skills, your tools. The next question is, what do I feel I actually have the bandwidth for right now? And is this in alignment with my highest and most important values to me? 
And that could be a situation, an event, an activity, a person, whatever it is. And another really important question that I ask myself is, how can I best honor what I have the space for and what I don't right now in this moment? It could be different in 10 minutes. It could be different tonight. It could be different tomorrow. But where am I at now? So getting really honest about this moment and then honoring that. And then the other question that goes along with it is, am I able to really honor and respect where I'm at right now and make a choice without making it mean that something is wrong with me or that I'm lacking? And I think that's an important question because if we're used to people pleasing and saying yes, even when we don't want to, the minute that we start to pay attention to our capacity and to honor our boundaries and say no, it's really uncomfortable and it potentially feels like you're not enough or what's wrong with me because I don't want to go do this thing because we're used to saying yes to everything and now we're having a different awareness. So how can you just not beat the heck out of yourself and respect where you are and just not make it mean something negative about you, knowing that your capacity is ever-changing. It's a fluctuating thing. It's not a solid thing. It's ever-changing. And then a final question. For me, it's pertinent as a coach, but also whatever area in your life that you might be in leadership, and that could be in your family with a friend group, or it could be like a formal leadership role at work or, you know, on a committee. The question is, how can you help build capacity in others? Like, how can you lead by example, but also what can you say to others or what can you do to help others build their capacity? And knowing when to say yes, when to say no, and how to tune in. I just want to leave you with those questions today. I really appreciate you tuning in. I hope that, as always, that something that I said really helps you or helps someone else. Share this if you think it will help someone. And if no one's told you today, I love you, and I'm proud of you, and keep going. And keep going can mean rest. It can mean take care of yourself or it can mean get off the couch and get to work. I don't know what it means for you, but I bet you do. I love you and can't wait to be with you again next week. Bye. And hey, I also want to invite you to join me for my six-month coaching program. I'll work with just you one-on-one, and I'm going to help you get the results that I know you can get. I promise your life will be different. Go to www.rebelheartcoaching.com to sign up for a consult today. I'll see you inside.